Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to know tonight you got faith In your trial, in your test, in your hard time Good evening, I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man and the Mirror I'm excited about tonight's show because it's about me Hezekiah L. Montgomery and why I started my show and as in the title, Why I Do What I Do. When I first wrote my first book, Rediscovering Kai, it took me several years to write it. And the funny thing is I told the minister about my story and what I was writing about, and he got very interested in my story, and he told me to keep writing. Like other people that I know, Life got rather busy, and I was going through ups and downs while writing a book. Bills, trying to find a place to stay, you know, work getting busy. You know, everything about life was getting real busy. And then again, I ran into the minister, and he asked me that same question. And I'm saying to myself, why does this man continue to ask me this question? And I guess God was using him to give me motivation to keep writing. I turned everything that was coming my way into a chapter into Rediscovering Kai and had motivation. My story was my motivation. And when the book finally came out in print, people started reading it. To be honest, I didn't know what to expect because now I'm being transparent with my book because my book was my testimony. So when people are reading about you, you don't know what to expect. But something very intriguing happened. People like the book and the journey that the story took them on. Many people that knew me were shocked. And some said they didn't know, you know, that I was going through these things. And, I, you know, something in me that got me, I had to look back. And something said, when we are going through as Christians, people should know that we're going through. You know, it doesn't have to look like we're going through. I remember when David, you know, sinned, um, as I talked with the pastor a couple weeks ago, I remember when David sinned, David got himself together and decided, you know what, after he did his meditations, after he fasted, after he prayed a few days later, you know, he decided to get up and get himself together, and his servants looked at him. And they were wondering, you know, why? Well, you know, he said, because I prayed, I fasted, I did everything God asked me to do. And if God didn't answer him the way he wanted, then he knew it wasn't in God's will. So he got himself together, got shaved, got together, and he went on. Um, so, again, as I said, we don't have to look like what we're going through because if we're trusting God, 
we have to learn to activate our faith and know that everything is going to be all right. I'm basically a person that I thought that thought that I've known everything. Growing up, you know, I got A's and B's in school, did everything I was supposed to do, went to a Catholic school, had a great time, went to church, you know. And, you know, growing up, I, you know, went to college, you know, education. You know, I remember talking to someone and, you know, say sometimes we think our education gets us everywhere, but it doesn't. Because later on down the line, I found out that I was proud and arrogant, which is not a good combination. I was one of those Christians who thought he never get caught up in the sins that other people did. And that's something that we go throughout the, you know, history throughout today. We say, hey, hmm, well, I would never do that. Or, wow, you look at other people and in your mind, you may not say anything, and I may not say anything, but we say, hey, hmm, I'm never going to do anything like that. But as you know, I was told years ago, never say never. Because the problem is, you know, when you say never, you're opening up a door for things to happen to you. And without telling the plot of my book, we all, as I said, we all have to be careful about thinking too highly of ourselves because the word says pride leads to a downfall. And, you know, it may not get you now, it may not get you ever, but many times when we are proud and boastful and arrogant, um, that pride can build and it can really build and it can get to us. And, you know, many people, successful people, think that they've done everything that they're doing in their life all by themselves. I've heard many people say today, God has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I'm doing this. You know, I've done this, I've done this, and I'm going to continue doing it. I'm making the money. God has nothing to do with it. But we have to remember, God gives us the jobs that we have. God wakes us up every morning. God allows us to breathe. But many times we don't do that. We don't wake up in the morning and pray. We don't talk to God daily. We don't meditate upon on his word. And I must admit, I got caught up in the hustle and bustle of life being busy because I thought busy was it. And I remember hearing my pastor say that, you know, we have time for all this, but we need to take time for God because busy is not going to get it. And busy is nothing but a distraction that um, Satan sets up for us. And um, that wasn't a good thing for me to do because I was in school, in church, you know, working. That's the story of many many of our lives. But unfortunately, we get caught up in the – things of this world. The word also says, do not concern yourself with the things of the world. We have to concern ourselves with the things that are pertaining to God. And, um, and you know, without further ado, what I want you to do is just listen to a clip because this actually tells a little bit about what was going on with me or with Kai as I was, you know, going on through life. So take a minute and listen to this um, brief description, which was a trailer for Rediscovering Kai. When we first accept Christ into our hearts, we think that's the end of it. No, there's more than that. We have to nurture that relationship, and Kai didn't. He accepted Christ into his heart at a very young age and thought that was the end of it. He, 
like all young people, thought he knew everything. He read his Bible, knew plenty of Bible verses, but that was just intellect. It wasn't saturated in him to keep him safe from the snares Satan was going to set before him as he was getting older. He was the man. Everyone looked to him because he, again, was almost the perfect Christian. But he had an enemy that was very relentless and patient and was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to attack. And that's just what he did. He attacked Kai, and Kai never knew what hit him. It just came. And with that, we do have to be careful because it doesn't matter how long, as busy as we think we are, we get caught up in this world, and we never know what we're going to get ourselves caught up into, and bam, we're in a trap. All the distractions that Satan has set up for us, have, have, and we have taken the bait, and we fell for it. And with that, God wanted to send me on a journey to break me. Because many times we think, as I said, we think we're all out in a bag of chips. You know, we think, again, that we did all this. And many times, as we, you know, God has to do something, or I won't say he do anything, because he got the, you know, doesn't like to inflict pain, but he will allow it. God had to humble me and get me back to him. Because, you know, in my life, you know, many of us grew up in a church. We know the word. We know all about the word. But when we decide to go astray or go a different direction, you know, we have to suffer the consequences. Give me several ways out during my journey. But, as always, I didn't listen. And many of us with kids know that many times we tell our children about, you know, tell our children about something that may hurt them. But many times kids won't listen. We say, don't touch the stove, they will, or don't do this. And for some odd reason, don't to children means, okay, I need to do this or I need to do that. And many times we don't understand why, you know, that concept goes on. But that's how God thinks about us. You know, the word is there. Obedience is the word says obedience is better than sacrifice. But instead of obeying, you know, we get caught up in the things that we want to do or we get caught up in the flesh, you know, and then we start doing the things that we shouldn't do. And here again, Kai didn't think he was going to be one of those people. Well, guess what? I was one of those people. And God had to really shake me up. You know, I remember um, my pastor back in Philadelphia when he said, you know, before he would even preach, you know, he would have to be laid up and a big bell would have to gong. Well, you know, I've heard that story many times before he went home to glory. But, you know, he told me that he got laid up, the big bell gonged, and after, you know, trying to fight and struggle against God, he finally gave in and told God that he would do his will. And that's what had to happen to me. He had to shake me up and humble me and put me and a timeout. Many of us have children again, and we put the kids in timeout, and they're always teaching us, you know, when kids are bad, put them in the timeout, like in a corner, you know, or in their room by themselves. 
but God put God when God put me in a timeout, He put me in a timeout in um, the BDF or the Baltimore Detention Facility. That way, I had nothing to do but listen to Him. And again, the world said, the word says, "Be still and know that I am God." And mind you, I didn't want to be there, but had no choice. You see, I got a. I got caught up in life's sins and had to suffer my consequences. Did he now have my attention? I think so. He did. But he also had a job for me to do while I was there. Again, did I want to be there? Nope. Because none of us wants to just sit down. None of us wants to be caught up. None of, none of us wants to be detained. None of us wants to be behind bars. None of us wants to do it, do any of those things. But again... If God says it's time for you, Kai, to be in timeout, then I I was not pulling the strings this time. It was my Heavenly Father. Now, I've heard about, you know, when you're detained, you've heard about being detained. Many people, you know, get saved while they're in jail or where they're being in a detention center. Well, I got more than that. I, myself, got a new direction. I tell people I had my Paul experience of where God wanted me to go through with my life. You know, we all know that Paul was actually crucifying and killing all the Christians, you know, all those that were followers of Jesus Christ. But then it was his time to start following God, and God knocked him down off that horse. And the first thing that came out of Paul's, you know, Paul's mouth when he was, you know, not blind, you know, you know, here I am, Lord. Paul was ready to be humbled at that moment. And while I was there, something miraculously happened. Now, mind you, I've been in church my whole entire life. You know, I went to Catholic school nine years out of my life. You know, went to several churches. But something happened that really you know, I've never done it my whole entire life, as I said. I read more Bible in that stay than I've read in my whole entire life. And basically, that's what God wanted me to do. He needed me to be sheltered. He needed me to be protected. He needed me to keep my mind on him. He needed me to saturate myself with his word. He wanted to get all that mess out of me that I was in, that was in me, and got caught up in, in and cleaned me from the inside out. That's how God dealt with me. He cleans, cleansed me, I'm sorry, from the inside out. That way, when I when it was time for me to be dismissed from, from BDF, and I had a new direction. I had a new heart. I had a new head. I had everything in mind. Another another thing that comes to my mind is that there were many things going on around me while I was being in timeout or my you know being detained. I didn't know what it was what was going out, but God did. And I believe down in my heart, and I tell others that He was keeping me safer there than I would have been if I would have been, 
you know, out on the streets or out doing something else or out worrying about this or out worrying about that. Because, again, when you're being detained or when you're behind bars, you can't go anywhere. You have to follow the rules. You have to do whatever necessary to get through it. And as I said, I read more Bible. God saturated me, and he cleansed me from inside out. And, again, that's what he wanted to do. He gave me a new direction. He put me back on his path or not on a path that Satan has plan- had planned for me. Many times Satan is going to pull us in these directions. He's going to lay the breadcrumbs. He's going to lay the young ladies. He's going to lay for the uh, women, the young men, um, for the kids. He's going to lay many things to pull them in the direction that he wants them to be or wants us to be. And once he gets us there, he, he expects to end our life where we never have a chance to um, get back to him. Just like the prodigal son, when the prodigal son went astray and went his direction, and he said, well, I want my, I want my, you know, I want my riches, and I want to be able to go and do what I want. And the father said, okay, fine. And he gave it to him. And he went away. Squandered and did everything he wanted to do. Party hard. He had a good time. And then when it was time, to, then he finally got to him that he ended up with a job feeding the pigs. And he said, "Wow, my father's servants eat more, have better food than I do." And he said, "Well, I will get up and go back, and you know, ask my father to forgive me, and then I'll, you know, ask him to let me be a servant." But that wasn't that wasn't in his father's mind. His father was waiting for him every day, and that's how God is with us. He was waiting for Kai. He was waiting for me. He was just waiting for me to get it together. And his arms were open. The father's eyes arms were open wide for his son to come back to him, and that's what he wanted. And while I was there. The next thing that God did was give me a love for my fellow man. You know, you see, it wasn't always about Kai anymore. He had another agenda. He took my mind off of me and put my mind on those around me. Now, mind you, again, I did not want to be there. I wanted out. But God said, nope, you have to talk to these people. I had to talk to people I didn't want to talk to. But God turned that around for his glory and showed me how to love them, how to look at them, how to pray with them, how to talk with them, how to be the person, how to be the man of God that he wanted me to be to show the love to people that I didn't want to be around. He showed me how to love them because we see Jesus loves all. He has no respect of person. God had to teach me how to love God's people and see and see everybody in a whole new perspective. I had to turn my thinking around. Many people don't turn their thinking patterns around. They are so stuck on this, that, this, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that type of people. No, but as Christians, and this is a verse that's throughout my book, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. 
Because we can't say when we get caught up with other people, well, they're they're worse than I am. No, they're not. Nope, they're not. And within my stay there, God even, you know, had people talking to me. I didn't understand what was going on, but God had people talking to me when I wanted to just go. I wanted to leave. But start talking to these people and the the men that were around me, and I learned to love them. And God gave me, even gave me a time where I, this was, this will always be dear to my heart. I didn't mention this in the book because we can't mention everything. You know, the book would have been longer than what I expected it to be. But um, I even seen a man cry for another man who was going through some sort of pain from being sick. And at that time, there wasn't anything any of us could do but sit there and watch this young man knelt over on the floor, curled up, holding his, you know, holding his belly because he was going through. And, and the only thing I could do was I eventually went to my cell and sang at him and prayed for that young man. But this guy called me into his cell and just cried because he understood the pain that the other was going through. And yes, people will say that men shouldn't cry, but guess what? Jesus wept, and he was the best man that ever lived. He was one of the strongest men that ever lived. But he cried for Lazarus because he loved Lazarus. And Lazarus was dead, but he knew what he was going to do, you know, you know, with the miraculous miracle of raising him from the dead. God was giving me these experiences to prepare me for the next level of my life. Did I know it then? No. Again, in the back of my mind, I am so trying to get out of here. But he was slowly trying to transition, slowly trying to change me again from the inside out. And those were some of the experiences that I had and um, BDF because, you know, Again, I didn't want to write everything that was in the book, you know, write everything down, but I just want to have a chance to actually, you know, when I go out to talk to people and say, hey, these are more of my experiences, you know, so because we do have to learn how to love people as Christ loved. Christ's love is consistent. Our love is contingent. You know, I love you today, but I may not love you tomorrow. Christ showed me how to love always with no conditions. And that's called unconditional love because this is a verse that we all learned growing up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever is everyone. It it wasn't contingent about, well, if you do this or if you do that, no. He loved you. He loved us. He we you know he loved us first, and then he should taught us how to love others. And then, without any warning, within the past in the past couple of years of my life, as I was listening to people talk about the book, and as I was you know getting the ebook together. And as I was just, you know, doing God's work, you know, going to church, staying in church regularly, going to 
Bible study, you know, going to um, praying, praying, prayer meetings on Saturday mornings, something happened to me, which I was not expecting because, you know, again, you know, I'm doing what the Lord has, you know, has planned for me. And then without any, and without any warning, you know, God, God put a young lady in my life. And then I had to think about it. Hmm. The book is titled Rediscovering, Rediscovering Kai from Tribulation to Triumph and a Second Chance. And then I had to think about it. Is this going to be my second chance? You know, I've been married before. You know, I was just trying to, see, you know, just try not to do the wrong thing again. And it, so I said, okay, what's going on, guys? He blessed me with a beautiful young lady when I, again, when I wasn't even, you know, looking for it. And, you know, she was the person, the first person that I met that seen me for my heart. See, the word says, God's, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart of man. She read my story, seen the heart of a man on fire for God, and wanted to be part of that. And again, I'm going to continue to always say this, and I tell people today, even when I talk to people at work, because many times we have Christians going around and people say this and people say that about us. Christians are people. Christians make mistakes. Christians fall. The word says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up. Again, Man looks in the outward apparent, but God looks in the heart. She not only looked into my heart, she was the first one to set me up with an interview. You know, after meeting her with um, another blog, Talk Radio, which I really enjoyed, was my first one with C. Maria Wall on Healing Through Hurt, Blog Talk Radio, which was last year. And with that, you know, I had a chance to share my story, talk, laugh, have a good time, with um, Maria Wall because, again, I wasn't sure if I wanted to share my story or tell people about it. You know, yeah, I wrote about it. You know, I was excited about it because, you know, it was something God told me to do. But to actually go out and start witnessing or telling people about it so, you know, others can hear this, and that's basically what God was telling me. And I had I went through a lot with that as well. God was telling me, hmm. He was telling me, write your story. I said, no, didn't want to write it. He said, Kai, write your story. And I'm being hard-headed like other people. And I'm like, no, I don't want to write the story. But eventually I had to write the story to to be obedient to the word of God. And God really blessed me for being obedient. Because, again, other people started reading, other people started going on. I was just a man who was on fire for God at one time in my life and got caught up. Couldn't figure out how I got caught up. But when I talk to other people, you start to see, hey, it does happen. And I had to fall so I can get back and understand, yeah, it does happen, that you do fall, that things do happen in your life that, hey, it's going to happen, but you don't have to stay there. Uh, I have a chapter, um, which I talked to Pastor 
um, Gilmore about a couple weeks ago called the mud. Many times people go through things and they don't, you know, they fall down and they just want to stay there, wallow in the mud. But it's one thing I've learned that God doesn't want us to stay there and wallow in the mud. People go by and say, oh, I'll help you up. Oh, no, I'm fine. Then another person will say, oh, I'll come out. No, no, I'm fine. But in getting up, wiping yourself off, holding your head up high, and saying, God's got this, um, then we don't know what to do. You know, if we have faith in God the way God wants us to have faith, we should always know what to do because God is always going to be there for us. And that's a reason, and that was one of the reasons, you know, after, you know, I started having a few um, interviews, and I've had a few under my belt, as I said earlier, I tried to go to this one station and start, you know, just to, you know, try to start my own. And they were just having, you know, too many issues with the times, the times that I wanted to do it. So God said, Kai, start your own show. And I'm like, really? Because this is something I've never, you know, I've always been the interviewee, not the interviewer, which is a big difference. But he said, start your own show. And he said this several times. And I said, okay. I ran this by my girlfriend that the Lord blessed me with. And she was in agreement. So I'm like, okay. Then I do it. I, you know, followed all the steps, talked to a few people just to get some hints. And then, you know, I wanted to get the title of the show because I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do or how it was going to be done. But then God continued to talk to me. And so here we are, the man in the mirror, where we reflect on the life challenges and move toward towards a better future. And with that, you know, I'll come back. I'm going to take a break for a few minutes and play a song for you. It's a song that, you know, that just came across to me this week or last week. It was a song that I truly uh, enjoy. And we'll take a few minutes break, and then I'll come back with more of why I do what I do with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery. Hallelujah, praise. All over the world. We worship the Lord. I want us to worship God for just a moment. We talked about one sound. Everybody say one sound. There is a kingdom sound. There is a kingdom sound. Everybody say that. There is a kingdom sound. Say it again. There is a kingdom sound. And I want you to understand this, that there is always a sound that precedes a move of God. Everybody say that there's always a sound that precedes the move of God. Whenever you will find deliverance, wherever you will find healing, wherever you find a move of God, it is always associated with a sound. I want us to take just maybe 30 seconds and we're going to we're going to sing this song we're going to raise it as an offering to the Lord but I want us to take about maybe just 30 seconds if you will brother I just want you to minister on that 
on that guitar. I want you to raise your hands in his presence and let's just worship God all over this room. Come on, everybody, let's worship God all over this room. Hallelujah. You have one. 
We are now back live with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery as I'm doing Why I Do What I Do. I would like to first, after the break, just give you some information about how to contact, and you can contact Hezekiah L. Montgomery on www.hezekiahlmontgomery.com. Um, you can go there, sign the guest book, you know, check out some of the blogs that uh, me and the first editor of Rediscovering Kai have put up. And, you know, you can actually go there, purchase the book or download the ebook, purchase the um, paperback from Amazon.com and or download the ebook from Amazon.com as well. And i also like to give you a little information for our, uh, my next guest, which will be on the 14th of November, 2014, at 8 o'clock. And her name is Miss Michelle White. And Miss Michelle White is the co-founder of the Curvy Boss, Pro, Pro, Curvy Boss Project. And she will be giving us her personal feelings towards plus-size women in society today and why she decided, you know, to create the Curvy Boss Project. And you can actually join the Curvy Boss Project tomorrow evening from 8 to 11 p.m. at the Tara Cafe as they join um, Dr. Ahmed Royalty with the Royalty Poetic Matchmaking and um, Open Mic. They're co-hosting with, along with the Poetic, I'm sorry, the Royalty Poetic Matchmaking Open Mic um, tomorrow night, the, which will be the 1st of November, 2014. The admission is $10, and that $10 admission gives you food, which is also food included. And again, the Tower Cafe is located at 101 East 25th Street, Baltimore, Maryland, um, from 8 to 11. So join the Curvy Balls Project as they're going to be part of this Dr. Ahmed Royalty, Royalty Poetic Matchmaking Open Mic. And I'm looking forward to talk to her because she, again, is my um, girlfriend's um, best friend, and they've been friends forever. And now they're working on the Curvy Boss Project. So if you're in the Baltimore area, come on down and join us as we are, you know, co-hosts with Dr. Ahmed Royalty. Now, one thing in the in the let's get back to um, why I do what I do. One thing in the book, the cover of the book actually goes from a is dealing with a man looking in a mirror. And in God's word, in James 20, 23 to 25, it says something very unique. Many people read this, but they probably don't pay attention to it. It's something that God wants us to know and do on the daily, but many of us don't. And that is, um, I will pull up the um, tape and I want you to listen to it, and then I'll come back, and then, you know, we'll talk about it a little more. You have 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. James 1, 23 to 25. All right, we are back. And basically that verse is basically what rediscovering Kai and my life was about because I was that person who was looking in the mirror, or shall we say the word of God, knew it from childhood, but was not truly following what was going on in there. Went on my journeys, did what I wanted to do, kept looking in the word of God, but, you know, ignoring. And many times we say, well, you know, we know the word, we study the word, but are we obeying the word? And um, in the Old Testament, it says set obedience is better than sacrifice. Many of us don't understand that. You know, well, I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I, you know, I read my word. Yeah, that's yeah. you know the word. But are you walking away from that mirror and forgetting what you look like? Or are you walking away from the word daily and forgetting what it says? We get around our friends, peer pressure comes along. We get around our coworker, peer pressure comes along. You know, we don't do what the word says. You know, we're there, but we're like part-time Christians. You know, God doesn't want us to be part-time. He wants us to be full-time. I remember um, when I was in BDF, um, my saying was 99 and a half won't do because he wants all of you. You know, sometimes we want to give, you know, we want to, hold a certain percentile over so that we can actually um, so that we can actually do what we want to do. But again, yeah, I, you know, another thing. I don't know if I, I don't even remember if I put that in the book. I may have, but ninety nine and a half, and it's a song nine and a half won't do because God doesn't. God wants all of us. He doesn't want ninety nine and a half of us. He wants all of us. So, again, he wants all of us in his life. He wants us to follow his will. He wants us to be obedient. He wants to do, to do um, what he has for us to do in the book. Just like the verse said, if we do it, we shall live. We will, we will be rewarded by Heavenly Father for living right, for, you know, loving others, for doing what the Word says, for reading our words, for meditating meditating it day and night. David said, um, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. If we truly meditate, if we truly read the Word like we're supposed, you know, as we're told to in the Bible, we'll, we will get through it. Because, again, I remember things I was going through. So I started singing hymns. I started praising God. I started 
fasting. I was, you know, that was another thing that I did, you know, when I was in BDF. I started teaching fasting because that's what I was taught. I was taught how to fast, you know, and the Lord said, teach others. Did I want to do it? No. But that was something he said because so other people can be blessed. And I actually seen those blessings as well because, you know, other people that were going through miracles were starting to happen to them. You know, souls were being saved. Family members were, you know, you know, being saved. You know, they were being saved. So, you know, just for the seeds that were planted in me many years ago, that those seeds were placed there to germinate. So when I was in a spot that I didn't want to be in, but the Lord brought all of those things that he taught me to be inside BDF and to share with others the love of God, because many people go through, get caught up in life, and they don't know what to do. You know, I mean, as as I said earlier, you are, you know, I'm I'm here now. I want to be saved, but do you under, do you know what it was to be saved? And I give you a little nugget of knowledge. I don't I don't want to do it because I don't want to give up all the hype. But I had a young man who would who became my Timothy. You know, he was in there for something. He didn't, you know, as a young man, which I, you know, God gave me a heart for him, and he was facing some hard charges. But he became my Timothy because he started reading his word. He started praying. He started fasting. And I just seen a miraculous change before my eyes. You know, all I did was read the word. All I did was pray. All I did was give a little word here and there. But he started to blossom before my eyes. And I've never got a chance to see something like that, but I've seen this teenage boy become a godly man right before my eyes, and he ended up telling me whatever they had for him, he was not worried because he knew in his heart that God was going to take care of him regardless of where he was. Now, mind you, many, you know, many of us are like, okay, you know, Many of us weren't weren't able to think like that. But as God used me as an instrument, I thank him for that, that this young man was able to grow up in a short time that I was there right before my eyes, that, you know, and he was, you know, he would always come to me, talk to me, you know, ask me questions. And if I didn't know, I said, you know what, I'll go find out. I'm like, okay, Lord, help me open this book and find out, you know, what this young man wants. And basically, you know, that was something that I will always cherish for the rest of my life because today you don't get to see that. You don't get to see young men that are going through or, you know, detained or in prison or in jail as they turn their life to God and ready because you planted a seed. That's all I did. I planted a seed and I let God do the rest. You know, I don't want to take credit for it because I just did what was taught to me, you know, and I appreciate all of those, you know, the pastors, you know, the people that have taught me throughout life. You know, that's what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to teach. He wanted me to show, gave me a calling on my life so I know what to do, you know, that he wants me to do for the um, whole, whole time that I was there. 
and I'm going to open it up for a couple minutes to see if we have any callers on the line, you know, if there's any questions um, that anybody may have, um, because we still have, you know, we still have about 10 minutes left before we're, you know, going to end the show. But I just thank God again for everybody that has tuned in, everybody that's listening in on the Internet or, you know, on their phones. I just thank God. I know it's hard out there right now because it's um, Halloween, but the Lord told me to do it. It's Halloween, and, you know, some people are taking their kids out, and my friends at work even asked me, you know, do I, I said, no, I don't do Halloween because that's not of God. You know, I want to try to stick to what's of God. You know, we did that stuff as we were growing up. But I want to stick to, you know, what's of God um, right now in my life. And so I'm going to give a few minutes. You know, if we have some callers, fine. If not, you know, I'm actually enjoying myself because, you know, I wanted to get, you know, talk about people, which was, you know, a good friend of mine told me, tell people about you. Why, who Who is Kai? And why is Kai doing what he do? And um, this was this was today's show, why I do what I do, so people will know. You know who I am, why I'm doing what I do. Read the book. You know, I had a cousin in Philadelphia who read the book twice already, and he's still learning. Uh, my um, first editor who helped me, she's read it a couple of times, and she said she's still enjoying it. So um, people, you know, have shared it with other people. I have a friend of mine at work who, you know, he bought it. He, um older gentleman. His wife read it. She, you know, she learned. You know, she enjoyed it. Um, he, they had another friend. You know, her friends are. They say, "Well, what's that?" And but he wasn't going to give his one and only book up. So he said, "You know, you're going to have to buy your own." So he actually um, bought a book from me as well. So like I said, you know, get the book, learn from it, you know, read it and enjoy it because I had a great time uh, writing the book. You know, like I tell people, you know, during the day. You know, during the days that I was writing it, that if I thought about something, I wrote it. If there was a chapter that came to my mind, I wrote it. That was all God. That wasn't me. Because, you know, many times I didn't even feel like writing, but I know I had to get it done. You know, we, you know, when God gives us something to do, we can procrastinate all we want. But sooner or later, we're going to have to get up off our fanny and do what, you know, God has us to do. Because that, you know, again, obedience is better than sacrifice. And, you know, I only see a couple callers on. So, you know, if you have any questions, this is the time for questions right now, if you have any. Okay, so if we don't have any questions right now, what I will do for a few more minutes that we have um, on, I'll put a song on for the listening audience or those who are there, and come back as we will end our show soon. And again, this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery with The Man in the Mirror. Will you clap your hands right here? Come on. Thank you. 
We are back live with Why I Do What I Do with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, live on Blog Talk Radio. Again, as we're concluding our show, I'd like to thank my listening audience and all of those of you who signed in to The Man in the Mirror and supporting me in my first novel. Rediscovering Kai again can be purchased on Amazon as an ebook and also a paperback. Please go to my website, www.hezekiahlmontgomery.com, and sign the guest book, and you will find information how to con- contact me and about my next guest for the upcoming month of November 2014. And I have some great news that we're working on and we've been working on. Uh, Rediscovering Kai is also going to be a play as well. We're looking towards the summer of 2015. And um, a very close friend of mine has written a script, Dr. Ahmad Royalty, a royalty poetic poetic, um, matchmaking. And he will be launching, and I will be launching a Kickstarter this weekend, which we will be our which will be our campaign to help collect and build funding for the play. So please keep all those in mind in prayer, because you know doing anything today takes financing, takes money, you know, takes money for us to do these things. And I know God will provide. He's given me the ideas. He's given me people to actually that's been working with me. And the man in the mirror is going to be going all over the place soon, and I can see that in the future. And I just thank God, and I thank all of those who have been actually listening in and supporting me. Um, I want you to continue to pray for the man in the mirror, hosted by by your guest, your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and I'll continue to pray for you as well. God has been good to me. And I know he's going to be good to you. And remember that weeping may enjoy for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We need to remember those words because those words are true and forever. And again, this episode was Why I Do What I Do by your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off, and as I always say, I'll see you at the mirror. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your heart. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.